Hello everyone, JP here. I hope this note finds you well. Summer is here and we will be taking a break. I will be focusing my time on researching and writing the book all about the last 8%. Um, We don't know the title. Roughly though, it will be looking at what does it mean to grow the skills to be better in the last 8%, to use those opportunities to transform ourselves, also transform our teams. What does it mean to build a last 8% culture? What does that mean exactly? In the meantime, we have chosen some favorite episodes from past seasons for your listening enjoyment. And because we want you to keep moving and listening. Why? Well, we know that mood follows movement. And so we have over 145 different episodes. Go back, listen to various ones, listen to them again. It's great for the repetition because there's a lot of good content there, but more so it's about building these habits. Uh, If you're interested in finding out what your predictable default behavior is, that is, what do you do? What's your pattern when you face a last 8%? Go to the show notes. You can take our quiz. Um, But most of all, you know, feel free to join our Facebook group and share everything with other folks. But most of all, have a wonderful summer and we will see you back real soon. Thanks so much. Welcome to the last 8% morning. This is JP Palu Fry. It is so great to be with you today. In today's episode, you want to build a great team, but you face lots of pressure and stress to deliver on deadlines, to manage change. And it's hard and people are burning out. What to do? It is in these particular moments when it's especially important that we are aware of how we show up because it matters. It sets the tone for the team we are on. It creates the culture. It affects things, important things like burnout and whether people stay or leave. In today's podcast, I discuss the importance of knowing how we show up. Excited to be here? I certainly am. Let's walk. Out, walking, enjoying this gorgeous day, moving as we are able. If you're new to the last 8% morning, we walk. We integrate movement and mindfulness and mental training exercises so we can build insight and skills to have more courage and confidence 
in our last 8%. Those tough conversations, difficult decisions, where emotions can get in the way. It is so great to be with you today. We start by paying attention to our body and our breath. So feel your feet on the ground. Be mindful of your feet contacting the ground as you walk. Feel your hands and arms swing as you move. It's very important that you integrate movement. Highly recommend you pause this if you're in your kitchen or in your car and get out and go for a walk. But just see if you can let go of whatever you were thinking, whatever you were doing, and just arrive in this moment. Mindfulness is paying attention on purpose, non-judgmentally. So see if you can just let go of the planning, thinking mind, and just be present in this moment. Sometimes it helps by taking a few deep breaths, just as a way to settle into awareness of the body. And let the breath, whether at your nose, where you feel it most acutely, or your belly rising and falling, let it come into its own natural rhythm. As you know, if you're a long-time listener, this is not a breathing exercise, what we do. It's an exercise in awareness. We use the breath as a vehicle for being aware. As you notice the belly rising and falling, you might be aware of sounds, background sounds, or my voice. Then simply notice hearing. And how the sound comes and goes. And then return to the belly rising, falling. You might begin to feel other sensations in the body. If any physical sensation becomes predominant, tingling, tightness, vibration, pressure, simply be aware of the sensation. And notice how it changes as you bring awareness to it. And when it's no longer predominant, Return to the breath. Where is your mind? A thought may come and carry you away. 
you might momentarily get lost in thought. And at a certain point, you become aware that you are thinking and you make just a soft mental note, thinking, thinking. And see if you can highlight the awareness of thought as opposed to getting lost in the thought or the story or the content. And when the thought is no longer there, simply return to the belly. And in this way, we are simply being mindful moment to moment of whatever the predominant experience is, belly and breath, body sensations, thought or story. And this is important. Through this awareness, we begin to see the changing nature of all of these phenomena. Things are constantly arising and passing away. And in the noticing and awareness of this process of change, how things arise and pass away, the mind no longer clings. And the essence of non-clinging is the point of mindfulness practice. So this is not a breathing exercise we're doing, not a way to calm the mind, though that may be an outcome. It's a practice of building awareness or insight to understand the mind. We're studying the mind to see how things come and go. Because when we do that, we get the insight that allows us to become less hooked to our thoughts and our stories. And our mind becomes less clinging, less grasping. And this is how we become a student of human behavior, through a very direct practice. So just feel your feet on the ground Feel your head and neck. And just stand tall, look around, feel grateful. Feel so fortunate to be introduced to this practice that will change your life. Wonderful. Now let's move to our idea of the day. You want to build a cohesive team that can do great work. Whether you're the leader of it or not, you want to be on a team that makes things happen, that does great work. But you struggle. The last two years have been chock full of challenges, incredible amounts of change, a hugely immense pace for everyone on the team. And this is all at the same time that probably your organization is running more lean than ever. And in fact, you're probably having challenges just finding new people for your team or your organization. So you have fewer people needing to do more work. And there's a lot at stake if you cannot manage this effectively for people and for the culture. Let's take each of these. For people, they are feeling burned out. You are feeling burned out. Nerves are getting frayed and it's affecting how the team works together. And over time, this can cause good people to choose to leave. And let's be clear, the organizations that win are the ones that are able to keep best and brightest. 
make them want to choose to stay. So there's a lot when it comes to people. There's a lot at stake when it comes to culture, which of course is connected to people, but culture is something that's very misunderstood by most people. Number one, it's not driven by the values you choose on your offsite meeting or the posters you put on the wall. The biggest driver, the real test of culture is how leaders behave in difficult situations, in last 8% situations. You build culture by the norms you set when you go through hard things. Why? It's something called the cortisol effect. Cortisol is a stress hormone. When we're under pressure, when we're in a last 8% situation, there's more cortisol in our brain. When there's more cortisol, one of the effects is that it sears in memory in a more profound way. And so what leaders do, what teams do when things are difficult is what people remember. This is what drives their reputation, what sets the norms of the organization in the minds of others. This is what creates culture. This is when people see leaders at their most raw, their most authentic. And it is this that they will model more than any values on the walls or any culture that are, you know, that that is claimed to be had in an organization. So number one, people misunderstand what builds culture. Number two, culture does not exist across an organization. It does not. It exists across groups of people who have two things. Number one, they've been together long enough. And number two, they've had the experience of having to solve significant challenges and problems. They face their last 8%. So culture does not exist across an organization, but within a group who've been together long enough and who've had some challenges. So it matters. There's a lot at stake for how you show up when you're going through difficulty and pressure and stress. So what do we do? Well, first we stand tall. We look around. We feel grateful. We build our mindfulness practice. And we ask ourselves, number one, are you aware of how you show up when you are under pressure? Most people don't. Most people don't. And it's the trick of pressure. When we are most under pressure, we become more self-referential, more self-focused. It's because our brain's trying to protect us, trying to keep us safe. And we are less able to understand how we come across to others. That's the first trick of pressure or the trap of pressure. The second, and you know this because of the cortisol effect, that this is when we create the most damage on others, on our team, in our family. It's what people most remember. It is, again, that setting of the culture. Recently, I was in California for some keynotes, uh, just last week, in fact, and we spent some time north of San Francisco in Sonoma County. This is kind of one of my favorite places, wine country in California, a place called Healdsburg. This is where my favorite wine, 
uh, Chardonnay from Russian River Valley comes from. Um, I'm not much of a wine snob, but I sure like my Chardonnay from this region. Anyway, we arrived late to this bed and breakfast. And the way the person greeted us was nothing short of outstanding. She was warm. She made us feel so welcome. We were tired and it was late and we really didn't have a lot of energy. And so the way that this person showed up really had an impact on us. And we felt so good about our decision to stay at this place because we'd never stayed at this particular place before in Healdsburg. And so we kind of, you know, went to bed feeling really great. Um, Contrast that to the next morning when we came upon the owner of this bed and breakfast. Now, I don't know if this is how she generally is. You know, is she always this way or not? I don't know, of course. Don't have enough data. But my goodness, did she ever come across in a negative way? Not very pleasant at all. Almost short with us. It seemed like we were an inconvenience to her. And after being with her for maybe 30 seconds tops, it was amazing to us how we felt. Completely different than the night before. We felt horrible. We felt unwelcome. We felt more negative. We felt bad. And I was amazed. You know, I kind of think of myself as a pretty positive person. Someone who's able to manage my emotions in spite of how other people around me are or how they show up. But Oh my gosh, I was really affected by this person. And let's be clear, it makes sense. Emotions are infectious. We know from good research in 30 seconds, we know that we start to get infected by another person's dominant emotion, whether negatively or positively. So it matters how we show up on our teams. That's the point. Especially if we are a leader of the team, especially if, we're under pressure and there's deadlines and lots of change and we're trying to make things happen because we set the tone, we create the energy. And it's in the middle of these moments, these last 8% situations where we are creating the culture. So again, I want to ask you, I want you to reflect, how do you show up? Are you aware of your speech when you are feeling pressure to get something done or when you are feeling stressed about something or you have just come from a challenging meeting or you had a bad interaction with someone. Are you aware? There's an ancient Arab proverb that says the words of the tongue should have three gatekeepers. Is it true? Is it kind? Is it necessary? I'll say that again. That's a great quote. An Arab proverb. The words of the tongue should have three gatekeepers. Is it true? Is it kind? Is it necessary? So remember, you are a carrier of emotion. And you will affect your team at work, at home, in a myriad of ways, often without even being aware of it. So let's move now to our three by three. Take three mindful breaths right down into the toes, calming this body. 
Now let's move to gratitude. Think of somebody who you've really helped sometime in the last month. Think of the challenge they were facing, how you showed up, the difference it made for them, the emotions they felt. And see if you can feel the gratitude that they have for you. Can you receive gratitude? It's a very powerful protocol for using gratitude. And to better understand the science, there's a whole series on it that I did a few months ago. Go back and take a look or get a, give a listen, I guess I should say. And now three goals. What do you want to get done today? What are the three big rocks that you want to focus on? Take a moment now and really think about, okay, what am I going to attack today? What am I going to really get done? Wonderful. If you are getting something from this podcast, please write a review, rate it on Apple or Spotify, share it, join our Last 8% Facebook group, and more than anything, just keep walking, keep moving. Mood follows movement. And when we can build this momentum to start our day or in the middle of the day or at the end of the day, it makes a difference. We show up differently. How great is that? So let me finish with a Seth Godin quote. And let's take this energy and momentum and focus into the day. A smile or a panic, said Seth, will spread through a group of people far faster than any virus ever could. When you walk into the office or a negotiation, then wash your bad mood away before you see us. Don't cough on us. Don't sneeze on us. Sure, but don't bring your grouchiness, your skepticism, or your fear in here either. It might spread. Have a wonderful day.